What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Scout Team Podcast. Here we are, episode four. This is Brendan speaking, and I am joined today by a co-host, Justin, JC, and producer Will. Unfortunately, Tristan is unable to join us this weekend, but we would like to introduce a very, very special guest that we have in place of Tristan this week. JC, would you like to let us know who that is? Uh, we just want to uh, shout out our co-host Tristan. He's spending some quality time with his expecting wife. So uh, shout out to Tristan and I uh, hope we do well without you. Our guest for this week is none other than, actually, let's do a little backstory first. This guy was originally supposed to be part of the original scout team, but uh, you know, he's too busy saving Scarborough, so he couldn't commit weekly. We like to call this guy the people's champ, the savior of Scarborough and the king of hot takes. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our boy, Anok Dunstan. Thank you, JC. You know, you. I appreciate coming on. Uh, I'm really busy. Um, I do have a lot going on. Um, the Second Chance Foundation is it's a woman-run uh, volunteer shelter where all the money goes toward helping women who've just recently finished their incarceration. Nice, nice. That's and awesome. you're still running to raise money as well, right? You're doing that yeah. really stuff still? That too. So yeah, I run a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, last year I ran to New York and we raised around $15,000 for... Uh, mental health uh, counseling for like teens across toronto so man like like i don't know it keeps me going so like it's fun but it definitely don't get to take part in like fun things like this every now and then all right that's good appreciate you making time to uh be with us this weekend so without further ado let's get to it justin what do you got for us first last week espn they released their top 100 player rankings for the nba and um, if you look at Twitter, it pissed a lot of people off. <laughs> Me personally, I didn't really care a whole lot because ESPN rankings kind of been waste for a very long time for basketball and for football. But we have a podcast, we have content. So you know what? I'm going to pass this over to Anok, the guest, to get his opinion on how he felt about ESPN's top 10 rankings. Okay, this is blasphemy, Okay. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this ranking. <laughs> this is my guys. Okay, look. Jimmy Butler, what do you see? It's a finals patch. Okay? He went to the finals. He put the team on his back, but all of a sudden he's ranked 12. Like, tell me. What, like, how does this make sense? KD hasn't played in like two years. Steph, who knows how he's going to come back. And Giannis, oh, no. Giannis ain't clutch. Giannis ain't clutch. Oh. Come on. Oh, man. Are you it telling me Jimmy Butler? Jimmy Butler. King of hot like, takes already. Put the team on his back. You know, he, yo, he played 46 out of 48 minutes to will his team to the finals. He's not a top 10 ranked player. Man, ESPN, y'all fixed up. Okay, so, so for the listeners, I'm just going to go through real quick the top 10 ESPN rankings in case uh, you guys didn't have a chance to really check that out. Number one is LeBron James. Number two is Anthony Davis. Number three is Giannis. Number four is Luca. Number five is Kawhi. Number six is Ke- Kevin Durant. Number six is Damian Lillard. Number seven is Steph Curry. James Harden and Jokic. I feel like I just can't count, but that's <laughs> who we have as a top ten. Um, so Anok, where do you think that Jimmy Butler should have been ranked? Okay, so LeBron, he's the greatest player in the world. Okay, you know JC, I'm not gonna feed into this ego that I hear every week on scout team where mm-hmm. oh LeBron this, LeBron that. AD, he's number two. Giannis, there's no way he's the third best player in the league. Okay? A you guy without have, a jump you shot. You have him top five. Gian, I do have him top five. Like, but he's five. Okay. Okay? Like, I'll, I'll go Luca. Like, he's an unbelievable talent. Kawhi, as much as I dislike him for leaving Toronto, like, he's fourth. And then I'll be honest. Okay? KD and Steph, they have no reason to be in the top ten. Yeah, no oh my goodness. Okay, <laughs> so I'll take it. Okay, oh Jason, go ahead. God. Okay. There's whoa, no reason whoa, for them whoa, to be the top ten. Oh, oh my okay. goodness. Game dollar. Okay. He's a straight no. baller. All right, okay. you know, your your time's up. Your time's up. Your time's up. <laughs> okay, yo. Wow. Okay. First of all, I don't care if Kevin Durant blew out both Achilles. Once he comes back healthy, this guy is still the second best player in the world. You can't tell me any different. Correct. You're forgetting agree. what. Oh my god, you forgetting what this guy was doing to us on a partially torn Achilles in the finals? Man, this if this guy stayed in that game and didn't get hurt, he was dropping 50. 
This guy is amazing. Seven foot, plays like he's six six. This guy has unlimited wingspan. He can score any which way you want it. Kevin Durant is number two. I don't care what anyone says. He is the greatest then, offensive player of our generation. I agree. Kevin, there's no way Kevin Durant can can be outside of the top two, top three. There's no way. All right. Then we go to Giannis. Giannis, I don't even have in my top five. This guy can do one thing, and that's dunk. Okay, he can do two things. Dunk and Euro step to dunk. All right? So Giannis, I, I don't have him in my top five. My top, let me, let me go in order. I have LeBron. I have KD. I have AD. Those are my top three. Then, as much as I dislike Kawhi, as much as you do for leaving us, Kawhi, when he's healthy and he's on, is nearly unstoppable. Plus, he's probably the best two-way player in the league. I have Kawhi at four. Mans are moving like they forgot about Steph Curry. Come on, bro. Steph Curry is a top five player. Then I'll go uh, it's between Luka and Giannis at, at five and at, at six and seven there. I don't know. But I just I just needed you guys to know that KD is a top three player, top two player in the world. Um, I, other than that, yo, Jimmy yeah. Butler, yo, just to address that Jimmy Butler thing, who in the top 10 is, is, is Jimmy Butler better than Anok? I just need a one-word answer. Jokic. Oh, oh my no, God. You lost your chance. You lost your chance. <laughs> you lost your chance. Who's next? I'm not asking this guy anything else. <laughs> Yo- Yoshi He's not better than Jokic. Yeah. Come on, man. I have to agree with Jokic the top is a two seven fo- se- yeah. Sorry. Uh, no, uh, Jokic is like a seven-footer averaging like seven, eight assists a game. I think Jokic is the best like center in the league, so he has to put, find his place Easily. in the top 10. Easily. Anyways, right, I ahead. have to agree with the top two. JC mentioned LeBron, and you honestly you can't discredit Kevin Durant, man. That guy is mm-hmm. outstanding, and you'll see this year when he plays with Kyrie. If Kyrie mm-hmm. even plays with, if they even play together that often, because who knows, he might get some time load management and all that nonsense. So, regardless, KD's gonna pop off this year, and you know I think he might even win MVP. <clears throat> Anyways, hot take too. LeBron, KD, number two, number three. I'm gonna go with um, probably Kawhi, just because of his two way play. And then I'll put AD at four. I would put AD higher if he was on a team by himself. But since he's with LeBron, he does get a little less in terms of touches and all that kind of stuff and, like, managing the offense. But AD four and then five, I will put uh, – I'm putting Giannis over Luka. <clears throat> and then six to ten is uh, kind of a toss-up. Uh, Steph, Steph before Luka as well. And then Luka, Dame, Harden – oh, Luka, Harden, Dame, Jokic. Is what I'll go. Yeah, I feel like that. Se- I feel like that seven to ten range is a toss up, but I-, I don't know. I can't believe these guys disrespected Steph Curry like so, that, man. So, who I have in my top five? Please don't kill me. Um, I'm taking into account injuries because, like, because this year was the bubble year and so many things had to get shuffled around, and because like what James Harden has is asked to do on a game to game basis and he doesn't get hurt and he plays so many minutes and his uses rate is so high. I have to put him in a top five. I think, um, again, the media, the media has a good, has a good poll in terms of who gets what award. And I don't think they like James Harden, which is why they have Damian Lillard over him. Damian Lillard should not be over James Harden. Like, I don't care. Yeah, that, that was I don't care. Like, that that's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't be over him. I'm taking into account injuries. So I'm not going to put KD in my top five. I'm going to put him number six because, oh. like, I think he, I, I think he is top five, but we have to see him play. He hasn't played. So I can't put Thank him in my you. top five if he hasn't played. Um, so I have LeBron, AD, Kawhi, James Harden, and Luca as my top five. And then I have Giannis. Um, I actually have Giannis. Below no, you said you had KD six. Sorry, uh, I have KD six. Sorry. So I have mm-hmm. my top ten is Brian, AD, Kawhi, Harden, Luca. That's my top five. Uh, because if you look at what James Harden does, you might not like how he plays. That's kind of irrelevant. Nobody has done what he's done. Nobody can really do what he does. He's doing all this stuff one on one. And that's a very hard thing mm. to do on the NBA against other professionals on a night-to-night basis. LeBron is the best player in the world. Anthony Davis is really close to that. I don't have Giannis in my top five because he's not skilled. Like, he can't exactly. shoot. He can't dribble. Like, I, I think can't put somebody all, who only runs and dunks in the top five. Um, mm-hmm. He's athletic, and that's about it. I can't. I can't. You're not skilled. 
you're a good basketball mm-hmm. player, but you're not skilled. You can't be in my top five. Dame, I don't even know if Dame's in my top ten, but that's why. Really Ooh, that's that. a that's a hot take too. You can mention the the next five and see if you want to put anyone over Dame. So at eleven we have Tatum, twelve Jimmy Butler, thirteen is Bam out of bio, fourteen Joel Embiid, and fifteen Chris Paul. You're putting okay, any of those guys okay, over so Dame? Get, so Dame might be in the top ten after all. Jimmy, <laughs> 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 but yeah, okay. So I have I have Dame in the top ten, but I just wouldn't have him over Harden, and I would probably have Steph right now at number seven. So like my mm. my six to ten would look like KD, Steph. Jokic, Dame, and um, Giannis at 10. Wow, 10. Giannis at 10. <laughs> 10, 10, wow. Because Jokic, Jokic in the playoffs. I ain't mad I, at it, but I I've wouldn't seen, say it. <laughs> I've seen I've seen playoff Jokic. Like, that level was actually nasty. Even yeah, when they lost last true, year. Yeah. yeah, even when they lost mm-hmm. last year against Portland, that game where they played, like, four overtimes and he was going off. Yeah, mm-hmm. we don't see – we don't see um, – Yeah, you see, you see playoff, that. You seen playoff Giannis? Yeah, yeah I mean, playoff Giannis are not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> it's non-existent, bro. Playoff, playoff Jokic, playoff Jokic is way better than playoff Giannis. Easily, easily. So another hot take from uh, the ESPN rankings that we're just gonna jump into for a little bit was uh, our young boy Zion Williamson is ranked 19th and has played 24 career NBA games. How do we feel about that, guys? Disrespectful. That's blasphemous. I think that's disrespectful to everyone else in the league. Yeah, there is no way that I, that's like that's like me putting, um, what's his name, Anthony Edwards in the top one hundred. He hasn't even played a game yet, but you know maybe he might be better than all these guys. Who knows? But mm-hmm. you can't put Dem- a guy that's played twenty four career games at number nineteen. Demar Derozan pretty- is like number eighty, eighty two. Like yeah, yeah. So if you have Demar Derozan at eighty two, you're telling me that he can't start on most teams in the league. If you put a guy in the 80-something, he's not a starter. Mm. He's like a six-man. So you're going to – like, I don't really like DeMar DeRozan that much, but, like, that's kind of irrelevant. I wouldn't put Zion Williamson at 19 and DeMar DeRozan in the 80s. That's disrespectful. Like, you Very can't have that. You, you got to flip those I think I saw a, I think I saw a stat that said um, during the regular season, Zion – hit like three threes his opening night and then hit one more for the rest of the regular season or something like that. <laughs> I, I I don't know. That's a loose quote. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I heard or in some type of time span, he hit three threes on his debut and then one three out for like, I don't know what the time span was, but I don't know how you're basing this off of this guy's just ability to rebound the ball and dunk. It's not like he does much. We haven't seen him do much of anything else. So I don't know how you can even some projection I don't know what you're basing your projection on. Hey, are we sure like, this list isn't in terms of jersey sales instead of playing ability? <laughs> yeah, like where, where's where's yeah, Devin Booker? Where, where's Devin Booker on this uh, list? Like, I think he's like, let me look. He's on. I think it's like 16 or something or 17. Yeah, that's disrespectful, man. Like, nah, nah. I might put Devin Booker above Jimmy Butler to be honest. Okay, <laughs> no. Okay, hold up, hold up. I might probably. No, hold on. What do you up? have to say? About, what do you have to say about Zion, though? Okay, Zion, he's been on minute restriction, right? Like, like I don't know what they're trying to project. Like, I think ESPN, like a, a lot of other media outlets, they have recency bias, right? It's like, what have you done for me lately? And mm. Zion hasn't done much, right? Like, yeah. tell me, tell me that he's giving me a thirteen and twenty game. Like, like what is he doing? What did he do differently within his minute restrictions that Giannis, like? That Giannis like hasn't outperformed, but like leaps and bounds, right? There's no way he's a 19th best player, and like honestly, some notable players that are below him are Russell Westbrook, who's at 36, right? There's no way wow. Russell Westbrook is below <laughs> Zion Williamson. Whoa. Whoa. No way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. ESPN needs to fix up for real, man. That's that's crazy. That is. Whew. It's like they're putting bubble TJ Warren in their top top thirty. Like it doesn't make sense. I'm telling you, it we is... could spend all day talking about this whole list because there's some ridiculous things here. I'm telling you, I see Pascal Siakam at 24 and Kyrie at 25, <laughs> Rudy Gobert at 26. <laughs> and I don't even want to continue. So yeah, that's kind of ridiculous. Oh man, but we yeah, we, we got to remember that <laughs> that ESPN ESPN has a Zion bias because they have that big NBA contract. 
And the NBA did change the bubble rules to try to get New Orleans in the playoffs that we could see. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So anytime they can hype up Zion, they're going to go right ahead to yeah. doing that. Last thing I'm going to say about Zion, if Zion's 19, John Morant is higher than him. Oh, for sure. Where's John? So John Morant's for at 31. So Oh, no. See? So this makes no sense. They're just doing this for clickbait. This is clickbait for sure. Some news out of Philly this week. Jalen Hurts has been named the starter for the Eagles against the Saints this week. Carson Wentz gets demoted and will take his new seat on the bench. Um, As a Saints fan, doesn't really matter to me who these bums start because we're going to roll over them regardless. But anyways, you guys, I want to hear from you guys. Uh, Is Wentz's career salvageable at this point? What do you guys think? Yoshi. Uh, I think it is salvageable, but he won't salvage it. I think it's only reason it's salvageable is because he has to remain on that team and they're going to do whatever they can to make him the starter because of his contract. Um, but I don't think he will because I think for his whole career, it seems like he's always been scared of getting replaced by the person that's backing him up. So his best hope of winning a Super Bowl is sitting on the bench and watching the next guy on the team win the Super Bowl for him. And that's all I have to say about Carson Wentz. <laughs> <laughs> wow wow i know what you got to say okay so honestly i think he just needs to go to a team where there isn't a quarterback competition like if he goes to the bears like mr Trubisket sucks like he like he can't throw but like carson wentz can't throw either but i take carson wentz over mr Trubisky. at the same time i think like his, his time in philly is done like you can't fix a broken spirit right like it's beyond you repair before you continue before you continue, isn't the backup in Chicago the same backup that took his job and then won a Super Bowl? I mean, he was technically yeah. the starter. And Nick Foles injured. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, so so that's if you send him to Chicago, that's a three. That's that's twice as much as the of the quarterback competition because you have two guys plus, and they're all trash. You have Foles, you got Wentz, and then you'd have um, Trubisket, as we call him. But I think, like, Philly's a hard city to play in. Like, I think he needs to go to, like, a small market team. Like, I think when Detroit moves on from Matthew Stafford, hopefully he gets out of that, like, dungeon of, of a city, right? If he goes to a small market team, like the Detroit Lions, like, there isn't a- any expectation, right? Like, they don't hire the right coaching staff, right? They don't care to pay their players. Like, look at Calvin Johnson. What did, what did he do in Detroit for them? They wasted his career. So, honestly... If Carson Wentz can go anywhere, I'd have him on the line. Oh, good luck moving that contract. Anyways, Justin, what do you think? I don't think Carson Wentz is going anywhere. He signed a four-year, 128 mil contract last year and 107 mil that is guaranteed. And if they were to move on from him, yeah, if they move on from him next year, they're going to have to eat 59 mil in dead cap money. So what that means is that even though he's not on the team, they're not going to be able to, that's not free money that's freed up for salary cap. Like that money's Yeah, dead. they still got to pay him that much. Yeah, they still mm-hmm. got to pay like that. Probably like signing bonus. Yeah, it's not going to help them at Ross or construction. They, they're still in the books for that money. Um, so it's going to be very hard for them to move him. And it's going to be very hard to find somebody to trade for him. Because he's not playing well. It's not only him. A lot of it is play calling as well. But he's he's throwing some legitimately bad interceptions. So, like, I don't know, man. Like, he, he just, <laughs> he's just not playing well. He's not doing well. Yeah. I tried to defend him. I tried to defend Carson Wentz. And it's very hard, it's very hard mm. to defend this guy. Um, that being said, Jalen Hurts is not NFL ready. I think that. Yeah, you've been saying that for a long time. Yeah, you've been saying what that for that? like since he was at Oklahoma. Was his coach in college? The, the savior. The he had Nick Saban and then Lincoln Riley. Not even savior. Yeah, Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley, pretty much got him in the NFL. Lincoln Riley can make any quarterback look good, and I feel like the success of Lamar Jackson got him drafted that high. Hmm, that's an interesting point. Yeah, because yeah. he's a hmm. he's a running quarterback. He he has a similar mm-hmm. game to Lamar Jackson, but. I don't think that he's ready. I think Philly will will give him the start, but I don't know what that's going to mean for next year because they can't move mm-hmm. Wentz. And even if they move him, what team are they going to move him to? 
That's a good point. I think I agree with her. Mm-hmm. I think I think they win this Sunday. Like I think they upset the Saints. <laughs> okay, you're on. I wish the viewers could see my face right now. Oh my goodness! So I, apart, yo, I don't know if we can bring this guy back. You know, zero <laughs> expectations, right? Like, they're just gonna think of him as like Kendall Hilton on Detroit, and Carson and Jalen Hurts is gonna start balling. Okay. All right. The, the <laughs> okay, question, man. The Carson once question though is, I think they can't. They're gonna have to move him. They're gonna have to find a way to move him. If Jalen Hurts is their guy, then Jalen Hurts is their guy. What teams right now could benefit from having Carson Wentz? What team would succeed or be in a better position with Carson Wentz? I think a team like um, any team with a quarterback that's got an expiring contract, like maybe even like the Colts, if they really, really want to try something like that. Mm. I, I don't know if anyone really... That's interesting. At this point benefit I, I guess they would benefit any team that needs a quarterback in the future that one doesn't yeah. have enough high enough draft to get a good one and two has enough money so to yeah like the Colts one. yeah so mm-hmm. it could be the Colts honestly it could even be like, like the Patriots Carson Wentz probably better, definitely better than Cam Newton so Pittsburgh <clears throat> yeah no. big, big no. Ben's on his way out honestly, I'm thinking yeah, about was, old I'm thinking about older quarterbacks that are yeah. like with I mean with have Pittsburgh's like one, talent two years left it's not very hard to be a good quarterback there I don't think yeah, see, because like when I listen to the media, a lot of a lot of people defending Wentz are saying, you know, oh, his O line's hurt. He doesn't have his his weapons out there. This and that. I mean, those are fair. Pittsburgh, like his whole team's injured. It is Let's fair. Keep it real. Yeah, but for for me though, but we saw this we saw this decline since the middle of like last season. He was and like twenty seven no, and seven last year. What twenty? What? He was like 27 touchdowns to seven picks last year. He wasn't that bad last year. No, but I'm but the, the his play was was very easily on the decline in the second half of last year. Fair. M- majority of his numbers came from the first half of last year. But what I'm saying is Carson Wentz, he has the talent, but for whatever reason, he's just playing like poo for the past year. And you guys think it's psychological? Yes. I think so. Maybe, man. It has to be. I think, if he I has think, a talent, he's think, not playing I, well. That's the only reason, right? I But I also think that it's it, it has a bit to do with the coaching as well. I think Doug Peterson's going to get fired. Um, I mean, like, if you let this quarterback, like, what's the word I'm looking for? If you let him slip this far for, in this short amount of time, that says something about the coaching as well. No, like, isn't isn't it your job to coach up your players and make sure that like this this depreciation isn't this extreme? Well, and the managing like, too, oh, right? Why yeah, would you well, yeah. why would you go draft a successor when you just signed this guy to a new extension? That that was that yeah, was their contracts thing. are both gonna end at the same time, right? This is kind of mm-hmm. useless. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you're right because they 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 signed that it was an extension last year, so it doesn't kick until this year, right? Kicks in next yeah. year. Kicks next in year. 20, Kicks in next 21. year. Yeah. Mm. And then mm. I, rookie contracts are what four years, I think. Yeah, like four years. Think. Yeah. It'll be Jalen Hurts is will be won't he be up before then? <laughs> he will. Man, He'll be up I before Carson Wentz is up. I don't know. Regardless, I guess I don't, we need a, yeah. he just won't be traded because I mean some teams might use him, but I think Philly will value him too high and they'll try to get too much and teams won't agree on that. But I up, so. I think you posed a good point with Indy because Frank Wright was his quarterback coach, right? So it's like they have that relationship. Like he was partially responsible for his almost MVP season. So I well, think he was, the, he was a sole sense. reason. He was a sole reason. That's why now that he's gone, Doug Peterson's looking like a looking like a bum right now. Looking like a bum, yeah. That's what I'm saying. But um, I don't know. Because yeah. yeah. we we seen what what he's capable of with that year when he was. MVP. pretty much gonna win mvp and then got hurt so like it'd be nice to see him go back to that but i don't know how part of it's on him part of it's on coaching but at the end of the day i don't think they can move him they, they paid him too much money do you think they should just bite the bullet and just take what they can get for it for for him and just do it because why would you draft a quarterback in the second round when your team has so many other problems mm-hmm and not see him as a successor. Like, it doesn't make sense to draft a quarterback that high if you're so secure in Carson yeah, that one's, future. that one still has me scratching my head. I, I don't even know. That was That's a, a great question, and I don't pick. have an answer. Yeah. 
Is that like he was? Yeah, very early second round, right? I don't yeah. know. I don't even know. I I don't have an he answer. Was 63rd. To that question. He was sixty third. He was sixty third, I think. What? No, he wasn't. He was higher, wasn't he? Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was oh, you're fifty third. He was fifty third. Oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah, like that was your that was your second round pick. So for you to use the second mm. round pick, second round picks are valuable. Yeah, they are. And then to use it for on a guy that's going to sit on your bench pretty much for the next three years. Well, it was assumed he was going to sit on the bench for the next three years, but now that Carson's playing like trash, maybe I don't know if if Jalen turns out to be their guy for the rest of the year, then maybe you try and move Carson in the off season. But I don't know. At this point, I'd have to be an Eagles fan for me to really care about this, to be honest. But um, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just want to see Carson Wentz back to the MVP level because that was good football to be watching, to be honest. But I don't know if that's going to happen. Might, like you guys said, it might be a psychological thing. If it did happen, they'd be slapping this NFC East right now like crazy. Oh, easily. They, they, they'd run the table for them. Yeah, right, I, don't so really, I don't really have a whole lot else to say about Carson Wentz. Like, I can't really defend this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I, I... All right, so we're going to move right back to basketball, and we're going to talk about Mr. James Harden, Mr. Strip Club himself. He's uh, He just recently added Miami and Milwaukee to his list of possible destinations. Um, so I'm just going to ask, ask our guest here first. Anok, where do you want to see James Harden play? Okay, look. Look at this. See this jersey? Miami Heat, okay? Our, Heat. our listeners can't see that, just so you know. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> Sorry. I just put a Miami Heat jersey on front of, in front of my screen. I honestly think, like, he's made it known to his NBA counterparts. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen the, um, the audio between Mike Bodenhauser and Steph when Steph yep. was just like, man, like, I've talked to James that he doesn't like to play iso ball. Like, he wants to play, like, in a system where he's able to, like, like be useful. Playoff ball. Playoff ball, right? Like, like you can't, like, Kobe and Tracy said it. Tracy McGrady said it best. Like, James Harden plays in front of the defense. Like, they can't get behind the defense. So, when you have, like, a big man like Anthony Davis is going to eat them up all the time. And I honestly think, like, look, look, look at what's happening in Houston. They, they brought in John Wall, who they don't know. How good he's gonna be? They got a like an injury to Marcus Cousins, and like they signed Christian Wood, Canadian represent, but like they have PJ Tucker who wants more money. He's sick of who just wants as much money as he can, and like it's not a great like culture, right? Like like James Harden's the leader of your team, and like he's not reporting in practice, right? It's not like it's his players like the players that the Rockets are surrounding with are make him want to go to practice, and He'd rather be in the strip club with rappers than be like be in Houston. So I'm saying Miami because it's a culture. I said Miami because of the strip clubs. <laughs> I'm saying it's a it's a culture. Like you have Pat Riley, he'll show you his like ten or eleven rings and be like, look, like if you want one of these rings, like work. And the only club he's gonna be with in Miami is the fitness club with Jimmy Butler at 3 a.m. Mm. He's gonna be in shape. And and he'll he'll take Miami over the hump, and Jimmy Butler will be a top three player in the league. A what? <laughs> Yo, we got that on. We got that recorded. That this man said that. <laughs> Yo, this is on the internet forever. You know. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you know what though? If that ever works out in your favor, and Jimmy Butler becomes a top three player in your le- in the league, you, you'll be. I don't know, man. You'll be a, a god. Of- Yo, pick my pick my lottery tickets tonight, bro. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um. Okay, let me let me just rebuttal that a little bit. Um. Damn, where do I even start? Um. Wow, I'm I'm still dumbfounded. Um. Okay. First of all, let me ask you this: Who would who, what what does Miami give up to get to get Harden? I think Miami needs to give up Tyler Hero because I think similar to what um, just Tyler Hero? No, no, no. Like he's I think he's a main piece because of how attractive he was because of his playoff performance. Like it was kind of like Shake Gills Alexander when he's on the Clippers, right? He was a bright spot on their team that wasn't like so great. 
right? So I think I think Tyler Hero, I think a couple draft picks, and I think they have to give up Bam Adebayo, but I think they they knew they were gonna trade Bam Adebayo if like if they were to get Harden, like that that has to be a one for one. But I think my last point is it's like Houston bringing in John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins is like when the Lakers bought it Steve Nash and Dwight Howard for Kobe. Those guys are bums. There's no way John Wall. John Wall and, and DeMarcus Cousins are bums? Yeah. You tell me you take them right now oh, to take man. them to the finals? No. Okay. So this is this is what I'm gonna say. I think that first of all, the sound bite thing that you talked about. That is a key piece of information. He doesn't want to play ISO ball anymore. He wants to play off ball. He wants to play not necessarily with the ball in his hand 24-7. That is why you bring in a guy like John Wall who can create for his teammates, right? So me personally, if it were up to me, I'd love to see him stay in Houston and try it out with John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins because they have pieces there that fit. John Wall to handle the ball most of the time. James Harden can still get you buckets. DeMarcus Cousins is still solid, even with one Achilles. Um, he's not going to obviously like out. He, he's a big body, you know, like he can get those, th- those, those, there's dirty plays that you not, not dirty, dirty, but you know, like he does the dirty work for you, you know, like he'll, he'll get those, those, those tough rebounds. You have guys like PJ Tucker. Hopefully he gets his contract stuff uh, sorted out. Um, what's his name? Light skin guy. Eric Gordon was balling out last night. Well, he's been balling out his whole time there. They have pieces there that work. But if this guy, Jordan, is set on leaving, I still say Philly is his best fit. Because in my opinion, if you're going to trade him to Philly, Embiid has to be on the way out. So James Harden and Ben Simmons, it's still it's still that type of system where Ben Simmons is handling the rock. James Harden can get his touches when he needs them, but he's playing off ball because uh, Simmons is going to be handling the ball most of the time. He can't go to Brooklyn, in my opinion, because Brooklyn won't give up the necessary assets to get him. If I'm Houston, I'm asking for Kyrie Irving. That's not going to happen. And I don't think Brooklyn is going to give up those three young stars that I named in like episode one. Uh, Miami, the scheme that they run in Miami, it's a lot of three-point shooters coming off ball screens. And Jimmy Butler is the only guy who's really handling the ball and creating his own shot. I don't think that James Harden fits into that in terms of whether it's Jimmy Butler or James Harden that are going to be trying to create their own shot. And then you have a bunch of other guys running off screens and just shooting threes all the time, Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. I feel like that's too many mouths to feed in Miami. And to be honest, I think James Harden works in a system like Toronto, but that's not on his list. So there goes that. And lastly, he's not going to Milwaukee because him and Giannis are beefing. Well, I don't know if they're still beefing, but they were beefing for a while. But I don't even think he'd like it in Milwaukee anyways. So that's just my two cents. My heart says I would love to see him stick it out in Houston. But I think if he's going to leave, I'd love to see him on Philly. All right. I I personally would like to see him go anywhere. I know he doesn't want to do iso ball, doesn't want to be the ball handler. But I think in terms of watching him play, his best play has been when he was the ball handler and was the guy that was controlling the play. So I'd like to see him go somewhere, finally label himself as point guard so they can get some shooters around him and maybe some cutters and stuff like that, just so he can control the offense. He can do what he wants to do. And it's, I think it just makes him a better player than it does if he were to be off ball and defer to someone else. Um, That's just, again, that's my quick two cents on that. I, uh, in terms of the teams that he's listed, I don't think he's going to go to Miami because, again, JC mentioned Miami's style of play and their um, the players they have. And in order to get Harden, they would have to give up those players that fit that style so well. So I don't think Miami was willing to give up that, and they wouldn't give up. I don't think they would give up Jimmy Butler or Bam Adebayo for him. In that case, they would have to give up Hero, Duncan Robinson, and those guys. But those guys are key parts in, ter- in their offense right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I Philly, he could go to. Um, I just... I think Philly is really attached to Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons for whatever reason. Uh, I think they like... They got to split that up. I think they like the idea there of them potentially doing well because, I mean, they have shown flashes of them doing well, but then they just can't complete their playoff runs and stuff like that. Milwaukee, he ain't going because Giannis won't even be there soon enough. And then who's the other one? Brooklyn, again, they don't have have the assets to give up 
And obviously, they're not going to give up Kyrie and Kevin Durant. So realistically, I think Jimmy Butler is going to stay where he is in Houston, even though he quote unquote wants out. And then you know he can maybe maybe he can build his own strip club one day in Houston, and he'll be there forever. Who knows? It's nice to hear you coming around because remember, I was the one that said he's going to stay. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> Justin, what do you think? Yeah, man. I know I you're a think... big Harden fan. You know what? Like, I like James Harden, man. I, I like players that basically can put the team on their back and just slap everybody. Regardless of whether or not it works out in the playoffs, it's still a very hard thing in professional sports to be a one-man show. That is very difficult. Like, I don't care if you respect him or not. You got to admit that the fact that he can play the way he plays for a whole season, 82 games, 80 games a season, and do that, it's crazy. He had two MVP trophies taken from him. We got to talk about that at a different time. Um, <laughs> in terms of him going to Milwaukee, that's not going to work because Milwaukee is basically Canada, and there are no strip clubs that he'll care about in Milwaukee. <laughs> so he's not going there. Like, scratch that <laughs> off. And it would be pretty bad if he went to Milwaukee and then Giannis cut. That'll, that'll kind of be a weird look for the NBA. Um, in terms of Miami, that's not happening. I don't see Pat Riley. The way Pat Riley, he's very strategic in how he builds his teams. And he's very I don't headstrong, see, too. Yeah, like, I, I don't see Pat Riley giving up the amount of assets it would take to get a James Harden. Mm-hmm. Um, Pat Riley would rather slowly build his team, and then when he's able to get a free agent of the caliber and the mindset that he wants, then he'll... He'll get he'll get that player. He'll spend the resources to get that player. Um, so I don't really see Miami really making a whole move. Philly, I can see that happening because Daryl Morey is the new GM of that team, and he was a former GM of the Houston Rockets. And Daryl Morey's not attached to Embiid or Simmons because he didn't draft them. So he'll move mm. either one of them for Harden, which is why Harden put Philadelphia as a landing spot. I didn't think that James Harden will hold out. When we were talking about this on the early on an early episode, I didn't think he would hold out and not play. This guy's at Lil Baby's birthday party and gifting him $100,000. Like, he, James Harden does not want to be in Houston anymore. He's made it pretty clear. Which is why I said, you need to move him. You can't have a guy like that in your locker room. I don't care if you're not going to get the market value for him. You need to move him. You need to do you need to do what Oklahoma City did when Paul George and Russell Westbrook said, yo, we want to be traded. They said okay. The next day they moved them. And they got draft capital and they started rebuilding their team. Houston needs to have the same approach for that. If you have a disgruntled star, you have to move him. You cannot keep disgruntled leaders in your locker room because that infects your whole team. You have Boogie Cousins and you have John Wall. I don't understand why you're trying so hard to hold on to James Harden. doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. James Harden is 31. And for him to ball handle the way that he's been ball handling, you're just going to damage his body. There's only a certain amount of years he can really do this for. And the only spot that really makes sense to move him is Brooklyn. Just take Brooklyn's draft picks and say, yo, Brooklyn, we'll take two players from you and we want four draft picks. And that's it. Make that deal happen. You can kickstart the reboot now because you still have John Wall for a few more years. You can re-sign Boogie Cousins because he'll be able to get the money that he wants because nobody's going to pay Boogie Cousins as much money as Houston will. Straight up. This is a prove-it deal for Boogie Cousins and... Nobody else is going to want to pay him after this year with his injury history and with his attitude history. Move James Harden. Go ahead. So you think Brooklyn is going to pull the trigger on a deal for two players and four picks? Two players and four picks is worth it when you have James Harden for three more years left. So you're going to have Kyrie, KD, and um, James Harden. Maybe one play. You, think, you 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 try and fit. You try and make it work, but I don't think Houston does you, that. I I think Houston's dumb if they don't do that. I, I don't I, understand. I don't it's that. not like it's not like Houston doesn't have now. You have 
two stars or former stars or whatever you want to call Boogie Cousins or John Wall. That you that doesn't to, change the fact that no, that's a horrible trade. You have it doesn't matter if it's a horrible. I think it's a great trade because James Harden is going to leave your team and you're going to get nothing. If I'm only taking two players from Brooklyn and one listen, of them's not Kyrie Irving, listen, that's a bad your trade. Your alternative is nothing. Your alternative is a cancerous locker room and nothing when he leaves after his contract is up. And other stars in the league See how you treated a player who has done so much for you. Houston, what was Houston doing before they traded for James Harden? What were they doing? So all this stars see uh, the situation. All this stars are seeing how Houston to vote moves. for Yao Ming. Yeah, so you're gonna hold James Harden hostage for what? He's like, for what reason? For the right deal. He does letting him go for he, nothing. He's going to leave for nothing in free agency. If That's I'm three years if if I'm James Harden, I'll sit. I'll sit for three That's years. Fine. On God, I'll sit for three <laughs> you're years. You're not sitting for three years. <laughs> sit for three you're years. Not, I'm sitting for no, three no, years. Because in in the NBA, your money's all guaranteed. Houston, they have to pay him. They can fine him. Yeah, but he gets he gets fined. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. But he's on a supermax. So I'll pay the fine if I'm James Harden. And I'll sit. They'll, they'll move the they'll, longer. If if he decides to sit, they'll move him, but they're not gonna move him for nothing. And but they're gonna they're not gonna get if he decides to sit and they find him, they're gonna get way less than a solid player from Brooklyn and four first round picks. Cause let's keep it, let's keep in mind that Houston does not have a first round pick until like 2028. <laughs> so like let's talk about that. It's not like Houston has draft picks. So you're better off taking something, preserving your team's reputation, and get rather than getting nothing. I would rather move him because he's just gonna infect my locker room. You you need to get rid of him. You can't. I'm have... hoping he'll have a change of mind and want to stick it out with Boogie and John Wall because nah, I think they if, could. If... I think they could have a solid team there. They should have moved him. They should have made that deal with Brooklyn the day he went into their office and said, "I'm not taking your hundred million dollar contract on two years." If a guy is turning down a hundred million dollars. If he's turning on the opportunity to be the highest paid player of all time, you need to move him. There's at that point, there's nothing that you can do for him. If a man is turning down being the highest paid player in NBA history, there's nothing you can do for him. You need to move him. James Harden actually has two years left on his deal because the third year is a player option. So, ah, uh, okay, dope. so yeah, so he, they need to wouldn't you him. guys want to see? Wouldn't you guys want to see him in Toronto? Like we'd use him oh, the exact same him. way you use Kawhi. I would Kawhi. love him in Toronto. I would love him in Toronto. It would be the, it would be the same thing as having Kawhi there. Masai Masai is not gonna let Houston finesse him the way that Houston's trying to like. I would, like who who's Houston's GM? Like they're not. I don't even. What know. they're asking for is ridiculous. Everybody hmm. knows this guy does not want to be there. So if the guy doesn't want to be there, I'm not giving you my whole team for this guy. Like you can take what we're gonna give you. And in business, sometimes you have to take an L to take a W. Oklahoma City, everybody thought they took L's, getting rid of two of their stars. And now Oklahoma City is in position to land uh, land a star. They have the cap space and they have the picks in order to make trades to improve their roster two years after they moved their stars. Mm-hmm. So... Like, I don't understand. You're going to keep a guy that's pissed off for three years. That doesn't make any sense. You can't move. What are you going to do? Wait till he needs to, in his last year? You can't move a guy in his last year. Another interesting thing, actually, is a part of Harden's contract is he has a 15% trade kicker. So if he what gets is- traded, if he gets traded, the team that trades him has to give him 15% of the money that he's still owed on his current contract as well. <laughs> that's interesting. So James Harden could be trying to get that extra 15%, you know, and he still gets his full money elsewhere. Lots of money for the strip club. A couple weeks after Twitter erupted with Nate Robinson memes everywhere, Logan Paul and uh, Floyd Mayweather have agreed to, to fight next year in 2021. So now... Floyd Mayweather, who is undefeated, what does this do to his legacy? And has boxing become a joke or a less impressive of a sport? Um, Brendan, want to chime in? Um, Mayweather's legacy, I think, will never will, will not change, unless obviously 
bar none, if he loses, then obviously his legacy will change because he loses to a YouTuber. But I don't think he's going to lose, obviously. And he just he's just out there accepting all the fights he can to make free money and just continue on swimming in his, you know, his dollar bills like he likes to do when he's when he's rich and he's showing it all off. So uh, I think he'll be fine. It'll help uh, Logan Paul, though, because Logan Paul gets to fight one of the best fighters or boxers of all time. And he gets to kind of prove himself if he makes this somewhat of a competition. He gets to prove himself as a boxer as opposed to people just saying, oh, anyone could beat up on Nate Robinson, you know, like that kind of thing. So, I mean, it does help him, Logan Paul. I think it helps Logan Paul actually regardless because if he gets beat up, everyone will just say, well, he got beat up by Floyd Mayweather. What did you expect? But if he puts up competition, people will actually, I wouldn't say respect the guy because it's hard to do, but at least, you know, show him some boxing respect in that, in that effect and like show that he actually maybe deserves some kind of shot in some real other boxing matches. Um, in terms of boxing becoming a joke or less impressive as a sport, me personally, I know boxing has a rich history, huge history behind it. I never found boxing very like, enjoyable. To me, it's kind of boring just to watch those guys. They're fighting each other. They punch each other with boxing gloves, but it does get boring, especially when you're watching Floyd Mayweather stand there for 15 rounds and just avoid punches all day. Jeez. <laughs> but I do, and then I will say MMA right now, for me, MMA is more exciting because MMA incorporates boxing, incorporates other types of fighting like jujitsu and stuff. So it does help in terms of bringing in different viewership, um, different styles of fighting. And you do get to see um, things like submissions along with boxing as well and kickboxing and stuff like that. So I just think that, again, I think boxing was not my favorite sport to begin with. And seeing these celebrities and YouTube stars headlining boxing for me makes it a little less impressive than it was before. I, I agree with your first point in terms of um, it doesn't really do anything to his legacy as a pro fighter in terms of as long as he, as long as he wins and like handedly wins, you know, as long as Jake Paul doesn't knock him out or take the decision, whatever, it, it shouldn't do anything to his legacy. The only thing that really it's kind of a head scratcher it's like i'm looking at him sideways like why are you even wasting your time with this but you did mention it's like at this point like he's made his career off of you know flaunting his money and showboating about how much money he makes and all his cars and watches and this and that whatever you know the man's name is floyd money mayweather so i do see where you're coming from in terms of like he's taking fights after he's retired strictly just for the money because he knows he's more than likely not going to lose these fights in terms of boxing becoming less impressive i wouldn't say it's becoming a joke i would say it's becoming less impressive because of the fighters though i agree that in the past let's say the past 15 years mma i think has become more of the more entertaining sport and that's because MMA fighter, first of all, shout out to Dana White, the president of UFC, because that guy knows how to yeah, put on a show. He's doing, he's doing great. He's doing his thing because he knows that people want to see certain fighters fight certain fighters. So he's making those matches happen, and those fights are what's bringing in the money. Boxing, on the other hand, first of all, I'm, I am i don't want to speak out of, out of hand or out of turn, but I have no idea how the sanctioning of boxing fights works in terms of like setting up who I, it goes to promoters. So I don't know what the deal is with promoters not putting the biggest names against each other because in, in recent history, since I've been tar starting to like tune into boxing fights a bit more, it seems like these guys are always running from each other. It's like the, the champ is fighting some scrub who doesn't deserve a title shot, but then you have the number one contender who's calling him out and they're talking back and forth to each other, but they don't fight for like two years. Yeah. So I think that, while boxing, while the boxers are running away from each other in a sense, MMA is kind of like putting on the shows and the fights that people want to see. So I would say that boxing has become less impressive in that sense. But don't get me wrong, the skill and, you know, the, the training that goes into it, it's still unparalleled. And, you know, these guys obviously deserve the respect and uh, of, of like the boxers that we've given to over time. But 
I agree with Yoshi on this one in the sense that I would much rather watch an MMA fight than a boxing fight, unless you give me the fight that we've been asking for for the last two years as fans, right? But I don't know. That's my two cents on that. I'm not a big boxing head. I'd rather watch UFC, like I said, but I'm not going to sit here and disrespect boxing in terms of like the fighters are trash and oh, yeah, you know, yeah. nothing, nothing like that. But no, like, no disrespect you know, to boxing at all. It's just the entertainment value is way higher than MMA, in my opinion. Agreed. Agreed. We can agree on that. I think uh, I, I want to continue off your point where you said like MMA, like they bring, like they make the, the two hot top heavyweight fighters fight each other. Like the hottest names fight each other. And I think I remember like, like boxing, like Anthony Joshua has, has dodged Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury for like years. It's just to, right. <laughs> to, he wants to keep his like, unblemished record and it's it's kind of like it takes away from the sport and viewership i think i i agree in that sense i think like in terms of viewership it's become like people want to watch boxing more because the boom of youtubers tiktok and twitchers right that's people want to watch boxing but i, I also like i see what brendan like I, I understand what brendan was saying like it's not like it, it wasn't that impressive to begin with like mma trumps it because of the, the way it's run Right, and then JC says like through promoters, like if we saw an Anthony Joshua Deontay Wilder fight, like the ratings would go through the roof. But we're not going to see that because the parties don't want to fight each other, or it's like there's so many disagreements. Where MMA is complete opposite. Justin, you're probably the biggest boxing head here. What do you think? I'm not. I'm not really like a boxing head. I just like to see people fight. <laughs> like that's really all it is. I, I just man. like to see. Pe- <laughs> I like to see people beat each other up. Like it's, you like Kimball Slice. Yeah, man. If you really look at it, boxing. If we're out here watching people fight. That's probably the most human instinct. That 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 we really have is is aggression, combat, fighting. So, I don't care who you are. If you see two men or two people fighting, you're interested. So boxing to me is kind of, it's, it's very pure. It's old. It's historical. People have been solving disputes with fist fights for a very, very long time. And I do feel like MMA has taken, taken over boxing mostly because we don't get the fights we want for boxing. You have guys like Bob Arum, Pacquiao's promoter, and then you have Floyd Mayweather, been ducking each other for so long and by the time we got the Pacquiao Mayweather fight both of those guys are out of their primes yeah they're ready to retire yeah they're ready to retire so it's like we're not getting these we're not getting the fights that we need when we're supposed to get them the guys at Canelo Alvarez they're fighting right but guys that we really want to see fight we're not really getting those fights Dana White that's the one good thing MMA has over boxing Dana White listens to the fans these are the fights that we want okay cool we're getting those fights we're not getting those fights in five years two years we're getting those fights six months 12 months from now we're getting those fights that's how that's how mma has has really gained a big following the last five to ten years now when you look at mayweather he beat up a japanese kid last year i think he went to japan for a mill or two whooped that kid's ass in like a round two rounds Right. So what we're really getting with boxing right now, we're getting a lot of events. We're getting Mayweather McGregor. We're getting Pacquiao versus some Japanese kid. We're getting um, KSI versus Logan Paul for, for boxing. We're getting, we're getting events. We're not really getting, we're getting more events from non-boxers that we want to see rather than professionals that we want to see. Yeah, that's a good point. And yeah. and to me, I don't want to say that's hurting the sport. I don't want to say boxing is dying because we are interested in those fights. The Mike Tyson event raised $80 million. Mm. Tenshin Nasukawa, that's the name of the Japanese kid who Mayweather beat up last year. Um, he was smiling the whole fight. That. Yeah, he was smiling the whole fight. He just did it for the bag. So mm-hmm. I feel like these boxing events, these guys are doing it just for the bag rather than giving the fans the fights that they really want to see. So that's kind of what boxing is turned into. Boxing is just turned into a social media clout mm-hmm. chasing kind of event thing. It's not really 
is kind of cheapening the skill of boxing. People think now that anybody can just get in the ring and fight when it's not really like that. Nate Robinson kind of proved that you can't just hop in the ring six months of training, however much and fight. No, you can't. You, you need to be skilled. You need to train properly. Mike Tyson said boxing is not a tough man sport. You can't be a tough man in box. So, yeah. Speaking of social media, we took to our Instagram and uh, asked you, our listeners, what your prediction, what your predictions were going to be for the Mayweather and Paul fight. And we promised a shout out to the best response. Uh, so this response comes from our friend Josh Eustace. Uh, he says Mayweather is going to put Logan to sleep and pay for his funeral all in the same night. I don't doubt it because, you know, that guy is literally swimming in money, like he, Brendan said. All right, so I'm going to go back to football to close out the show here. Uh, last week, the uh as of last week, I should say, the f- top five receiving leaders in the NFL were DK Metcalf with total 1,119 yards, Travis Kelsey with 1,114, Tyreek Hill with 1,079, Justin Jefferson with 1,039, and Stefan Diggs with 1,037. So it's a tight race. Now, w- within these top five receivers, there's a bit of a storyline that you could kind of Within the okay, I'm gonna start from within these top top five. <clears throat> so within the top five, there's a couple storylines that you could kind of follow for each receiver. The leader DK Metcalf was passed over by every team in the NFL draft two years ago, essentially twice, because I believe he was the last pick of the. I could be wrong, but he was close to the end of very close to the end of the second round when he was drafted. Travis Kelsey in second place is actually a tight end. So I believe he's on pace for uh, for uh, tight end receiving yards record, I believe. Could be wrong. Uh, Tyreek Hill is the second player from the Kansas City Chiefs. His teammate Travis Kelsey is in second. Justin Jefferson is a rookie receiver who uh, has broken a rookie re- reception's Sorry, he's broken a record by Randy Moss for the Vikings for most 100-yard receiving games by a rookie. He's also stepped in to replace Stefan Diggs, who was traded to the Buffalo Bills. And sure enough, Stefan Diggs is number five on our list. So with all that being said, Justin, what do you think the most significant headline out of these top five receivers are? Justin Jefferson. Man's a rookie, about to set a bunch of records. Really good for this to be happening. Um, the Vikings kind of needed that boost after getting rid of Stefan Diggs. They couldn't afford him. And right now, the way Justin Jefferson is playing, he's already the number one receiver, and he's the boost they needed to get to the playoffs, potentially. Uh, okay, I'll come back to that. Anok, what do you think? Because I know you like Justin Jefferson and Stefan Diggs, so where does your Look, heart lie? I'm a big fan of both, but I think the biggest storyline is what what which of this trade of Diggs versus Diggs for Jefferson, which pans out more, right? Like Justin Jefferson, he has a thousand and thirty nine yards, but he only started on the outside his th- his third game in, right? Like his first two games, they put him in the slot and he wasn't doing much. So if you take those two games away, his sample size, like he could have he could have been doing so much more, and I think like he fits their scheme and he's he's a lot more safer for the cap. Uh, you look at Stefan Diggs, he's finally found a home, right? Like, he's he's a number one receiver. He's getting a bunch of balls, right, from Josh Allen. And, like, Buffalo is f- finally in, like, contention to go on a deep playoff run. And they can finally win the AFC East. Yep. Said that from the summer. It's their division to lose. Brendan, what do you think? I think the biggest storyline here is DK Metcalf. Uh, one, he's the number one receiver in terms of yards right now in the league. And he was doubted a clearly doubted by every team in the league before um i believe there was i think seven receivers taken before him that's a correct seven or eight something like that eight receivers taken before him i believe and he was taken by i'm i'm very happy that he could take it by seattle because he got taken with a veteran quarterback i am kind of scared that if he was with a younger quarterback that maybe his ego and more of his off-field stuff would have come through a little bit more than that 
But the fact that he had Russell Wilson, someone to lead him and tell him, you know, the rights and wrongs of the league and help him in terms of developing himself because his talent was clearly there before he got drafted. I think that helped him become what he is today, which is one of the best wide receivers in the league. Yeah. Yeah. And Russell Wilson speaks very highly of him on his, on his podcast. He calls him his, uh, I think he's called him his favorite teammate numerous times. I don't know how the rest of the Seahawks feel about that, but that's Russell Wilson's words. Speaking highly of a rookie, the teammate, it definitely helps a lot in terms of their confidence and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So good on Russell. Mm -hmm. I just want to reply to something Justin said real quick. I don't know if Justin Jefferson is the number one option on that team. You still got my boy Adam Thielen out there busting ass, man. He has more touchdowns and he leads the team. In, well, he leads the receivers in red zone targets. So I don't know. You could say a 1A, 1B, but I don't know if Justin Jefferson is a clear favorite receiver. Justin Jefferson team. is better than Adam Thielen. Okay, that's not what I said. That's not what we're arguing. <laughs> well, what I'm saying <laughs> is Justin Jefferson is better than Adam Thielen. They should not okay, even but be said in the same sentence. Whoa, okay. That, that, that's a hot take, brother. But all I'm saying is, hey, yo, if, even if he is better, I'm not going to argue that right now, but even if he is better, I'm still going to go ahead and say that Adam Thielen is the number one option on that team, whether or not you think Justin Jefferson is better or not. That's fair, but I really do feel like when defensive coordinators look at the Vikings and they look at their weapons and their game plan, they're looking at, okay, how are we going to make sure Justin Jefferson doesn't go off? I really feel like changing their, pri- their game plan. I feel like their priority is stopping Justin Jefferson and no, not their, necessarily. Their, their game plan is stopping Dalvin Cook. First of all, let's not okay, forget Dalvin t- Cook. Well, we're keeping this on receivers. I'm talking about receivers. Okay. In terms of the receiving all right, well, then, game, even if that's I think their, their game priority plan, even- is neutralizing Justin Jefferson. Until they get to the red zone, then you got to think about Adam Thielen. That's all I'm going to say. But anyways, I, <laughs> I think this, the biggest headline here is Travis Kelsey because he is second in the league in receiving yards as a tight end. Mind you, he's on the Kansas City Chiefs. Their offensive playbook is ridiculous. I'm pretty sure he's running more routes on more plays than he is blocking like a tight end was originally meant to do. But the fact that he's up there ahead of pretty much every other receiver in the league in receiving yards is mind-blowing to me. And I think that he needs more recognition than he's getting. But, um, yeah, that's that's my opinion. I think the biggest headline is Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey actually needs, like, I think 260 yards or so to become the uh, set of record for the most receiving yards by a tight end, which was set by George Kittle See? with 1377 yeah. previously. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I knew I wasn't reading nonsense. Now time for a few quick hits this week. Baltimore Ravens wide receiver Des Bryant is opting out of the NFL season due to COVID-19 concerns. Atlanta Falcons wide receiver Julio Jones is likely out for the remainder of the season with a hamstring injury. John Wall made his preseason debut with Houston this week and looks steady in the wake of heel surgery and rupturing his Achilles tendon almost two years ago. Toronto FC player Alejandro Pozzello named MLS MVP for 2020. This marks the second time in six years a TFC player has won the award. Brooklyn Nets point guard Kyrie Irving was fined $25,000 for skipping media day this week. Irving stated, I don't mind the fine. I don't talk to pawns. My attention is worth more. This is an interesting opinion as media appearances are included in his contract, so his attention is worth exactly how much he signed for. His dismissive tone regarding the media is a bit difficult to take seriously, as Irving himself has willingly contributed to disinformation campaigns such as the Flat Earth Conspiracy. In the future, I encourage Kyrie to take a closer look at his contract and any look at all at a science textbook. Okay, so before we get out of here for this week, we want to take this chance to say thank you once again to our boy Anok for coming on the show and filling in. You were a very entertaining host, to say the least. Uh, did not disappoint us with those hot takes. Uh, so thank you again. And we just want to give you this opportunity to like plug uh, some of the stuff that you're invested in and some of the stuff that you're that you're doing on the side. Go ahead and uh, do your plugs. 
Boom. So uh, one thing I'm a part of right now is called the Kickback Connect, and uh, we're, we're repurposing shoes. So if you have any lightly worn shoes or books, we're finding kids all over the inner city to donate them to. So that's at the Kickback Connect. Uh, the next would be the Marinara Boys. So there's a link in my IG bio and the Marinara Boys bio where you can donate if, if you're able to. And where that money will be twofold, where it'll help a restaurant stay open, but it also helps like a, a individual without a home have a warm meal. And um, lastly, the Second Chance Foundation, if you have any unused clothes or used clothes that you'd like to donate, uh, we're located in Scarborough and um, all the proceeds go to uh, women, uh, women that were previously incarcerated, just ha- helping them to integrate like back into society. Those are my all plugs. Right. That's the savior of Scarborough, the people's champ, and the king of hot takes. Anok Dunstan, everybody. Thank you so much, brother. Thank you. And that's our show this week. Thank you so much for joining us. We want to give a huge shout out to Alistair Alston for the intro and outro tracks and to Anok Dunstan for joining us this week. Feel free to check out and support his endeavors. They're certainly a worthy cause. As always, we welcome your thoughts on our own Instagram at Scout Team Podcast. Hit us up for a chance to get an on-air shout out every week. For Brendan, JC, Justin, and Tristan, I'm Will, and from all of us here at the Scout Team, we wish you a great week. Producer Will, we love you, boy.